You know, outbound lead generation can be difficult and scary, but in this episode, Joe Petruzzi is going to walk you through exactly how to set it up to make it really simple, really easy. I'm talking process, and he has the process nailed. He's going to show you exactly how to make sure your outbound performs exceptionally well. I think you're going to love it. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. That is right. I am Matt Wallach. I am your host. This is Sastery in the Making, and I am really excited to talk with someone who's been a friend for quite a while, Joe Petruzzi. Joe, how you doing? Yes. I'm doing great, Matt. How about you? I'm doing well also. So Joe and I, we got to know each other. It's been over a year now. And uh, he kind of helped me out when I was starting coaching, showed me the ropes, showed me how to generate leads. This guy is a lead generation master. You're going to really love what kind. we talk about today. <laughs> too kind. I don't know about that. I've seen results. Uh, stuff you've told me, <laughs> stuff you've given to my clients has worked really, really well. So you guys are going to want to listen to how to generate leads today. And let me tell everybody about you, Joe. He is the CEO and principal of Wayland Consulting. What he does is he helps B2B SaaS and service companies 5X their monthly revenue with zero sales reps. What he does is he uses a really high converting outbound funnel and he shows you exactly how to maximize it. So once again, Joe, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm pumped, man. Excited for it. Good. Good. Me too. So what have you been up to lately? What's been going on? Yeah, definitely. We... um. We had an agency for a couple of years and last year we finally made a kind of a coaching program, a really true one for that. And we launched last year and we've been really iterating it and making it really good. And finally, we're launching our version three uh, in just a couple of weeks here. And it's going to be really awesome. It's got everything we've been doing, you know, with Outbound, with Facebook, LinkedIn, email, you know, all that stuff kind of combined and really systemized. And yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped for it. I'm, I think it's going to help a lot of people for sure. That's awesome. Well, I definitely want to dive into that at some point, but let's go back even further. What first gave you the idea to start helping software founders? Yeah, it was by accident. Uh, so a year before I started. <laughs> Always happens that way. <laughs> yeah, it's never. Yeah, no, I had a buddy on LinkedIn. I met him on LinkedIn only. And I was like an engineer at the time or like a student or something like way back in the day. And he had a SaaS company and he just needed help with cold emailing and cold calling. So I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. So I learned about what SaaS was and I was like, that's so cool. Like you just have a software and then people pay you and you just don't do anything. And the software does all the work. That sounds like. A really cool business model. So I just kind of yeah. liked it. Um, and then really, and then what happened was a year later, I went to make my agency and I liked lead generation and stuff. So I said, well, what are my, you know, what are my affiliations? And I was like, well, we got SaaS and engineering. So I think like that's, SaaS sounds pretty cool. And then I kind of just started from there and it, it worked out really well. I really enjoyed, you know, helping everyone in that domain. That's beautiful. I want to ask, why do so many software founders struggle with outbound? What are they seeing that that's so troubling for them? Yeah, I really, a lot of them, I think I'm more, I work with technical SaaS founders more so. I would say that, that with one caveat, a lot of them don't get the messaging offer stuff. So they'll kind of make a product and they, it may even have clients. They might, they might have customers, but they can't say like what their product genuinely does, like from a desired state kind of perspective. And they just kind of list off features or they're competing like, oh yeah, we're this other tool that does the same thing as this other one. And they just kind of keep it basic. And they just lack that good messaging. Like they don't have like, what's, what's the point of your product? What, what's their day going to look like if they use your product now? Like they don't get it, even though it's right in front of them. So 
yeah, I would say that big struggle, like with them, like when I coach, you know, all the time, they just don't know what to say. And that's, that's really the biggest thing that will make a, a outbound like campaign work really well or not. It's not even any of the tactics or the tool. It's honestly just the offer. Like if it's there, you can do it bad. <laughs> you, you can have a really bad outbound campaign. If the offer is there and the audience is reasonably, you know, the audience you're looking at, you can probably at least book a couple demos from it. Wow. So it's all about the offer. And I, I totally get what you're saying because when we started our SaaS companies, I would sit there like, okay, here we go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to write this out. And of course, this is before I learned everything in the last 15 years that I have learned. But yeah. I'd be like, oh yeah, here we go. I sit down in front of the computer like, oh, what do I do? And then I'd write something. I'd be like, that's horrible. Scrap it. And then write something. Oh, no, that's not it. So I completely understand that a software founder doesn't know exactly what to do. Yeah. What are you seeing that are some of the biggest mistakes being made in that process? Yeah. Um, so for, I would say number one is probably going to tools and tactics. Naturally, software founders, they're making software. So mm -hmm. they love using software, right? I do too. I get it. It's so fun. But what you do is you go to like a Facebook growth hacker group or you go to LinkedIn and you, you find all these things and you think these are going to solve the lead problem. So a lot of them just buy all the tools. They get, they get expanded, they get Lemless, all that stuff. And they put the same bad offer or they, they kind of test the same bad stuff in all these tools. And then after it doesn't work, they either give up. So they just don't do outbound. They just waste their money on ads or whatever. Or B, they just like try to find a consultant that will help them. And normally that can, that can help sometimes, don't get me wrong. But a lot of the times those consultants and agencies, they don't really want them to do good. They just want to get a client. You know, they don't, they don't really care about them. And then they get they get whacked. And then by the end of the time, they're just, they try the tools, they try the consultants, and they keep ignoring, like I said, like in the first place, the big problem. It's probably just the messaging and offer. And they can, they need, they don't even need an automation tool for that. They can literally just go get an email right now, like on Gmail, you get your message, you know, interview your customers, whatever, get the right message and just start sending some emails out and get it validated, you know? So I think they just complicate it, you know, quite a bit. Uh, absolutely. I can certainly see that. So, I mean, obviously that personalization can be key, automation's key. Where do you find the best balance between autom automation and the personalization? Yeah, a great question. So personalization, it really it, what it means, I think, in a conversion standpoint is I have a good offer. I'm going after a market and I need them to look at my pitch so they can get a call with me. And they're not going to look at my pitch if they're not impressed or they have no reason to open the email. So that's where personalization, like a, like a custom line about that person works really well. And that's great. Problem is it takes a lot of effort. And number two, if it's a bad offer, it can be the coolest personal line ever. And that person can actually be like, thanks for watching my podcast. Yeah, I think, well, but I don't want your offer though. Like it, it doesn't, it won't matter. Like you wasted the time because they won't even buy it. And then the automation, you've got like really poor messaging. Like I'll just, I'll just, this is my pitch and I have no personalization. And I just blast 30,000 people. It's really efficient, right? You might get 10 calls out of that maybe but it's not going to work really well. And unfortunately, most people will look at the message and like not even read it because they're just like, ah, it's automated. So you want to get somewhere in the middle and you don't have to really make a personal line. That's not what I mean. But you, you can really want to have the opening part of your email, LinkedIn, or even Facebook, like just be something different. That's really all that I found has to be. So like we've done jokes before. Like I, I had this one, it was like, um, we had a wall and it had like spray painting. It was just like a limbless image. And it was like, um, he, he vandalized my apartment was like the email for it. So it was like your subject line was like, you vandalized my apartment. And then it just had his, the person's email and name on the wall. <laughs> and it looked, it looked like scrappy spray paint. So the subject line, they're like, what is what? You know, like I'm going to open that email, right? Like you're, you're yeah. what's that all about? And then it goes through. And I think my transition statement was like, look, I, if you did it, you didn't do it. I, whatever it is, I, I don't like it, but you can't possibly not be using automation for your outreach right now. 
right? <laughs> like I just transitioned a bit. And most of them were like, they laughed and a lot of people laughed and just said, Joe, like I, I'm, I'm all set. I got a good sales team. But like, you know, I, that was a funny email. But just doing that, and it wasn't personal, right? I, I used personal stuff like with variables, but it wasn't a personal line, but it did the same thing, which is that they stopped what they're doing. They read the email. And usually, again, if I have a niche who like that offer, if it works for them, 3% of my market's going to buy. So they're looking at that email. And if they see the pitch at the bottom, there you go. They're like, well, that actually, you know, funny email, Joe, but that actually is what I want. Let's book a demo. That, that's what I found to be well. You can just not waste time on personalization, but you get enough, you know, in there up front where you actually have a high conversion rate at scale when you automate it. That's awesome. I love that story because nobody's doing that. Who's, who's, uh, that was <laughs> such a unique approach to outbound right there. And I think that that's definitely something that would get people interested or at least looking at it. That's all you want with the subject line is that you just need them to open the email. So yeah. Can you explain to us, because I'm, I'm familiar with what you're talking about, can you explain to us what that is, Lemlist, and the personalization within a photo? Can you talk about how that works? Yeah, sure. No. So with Lemlist and also there's other, there's actually a lot of tools out there that do it, but they let you have image personalization where you can take an image as kind of like the, you know, the banner, the background, and then you can actually put variables for people in there as well. So for example, let's say on Lemlist, I have a CSV file and it might have 10 fields for one person, you know, for everyone. So I got name, I have their company name, their location, all that stuff. I can have an image of like, just an example, let's say image of a truck and I can put like their name on that truck, that text, and I can put their company name on that truck and all that stuff. And what it does is every time it sends an email, it pipes their variable, their name or company to whatever that is on the image. So if I say like, I was, or like a whiteboard, that's a popular one. Hey, we were talking about your company today on a whiteboard. That person will say, oh yeah, I talked about Joe from Wayland Consulting Group. His website sucks. Buy my website sales, right? <laughs> you, you can do that <laughs> as, a, as a pitch. Um, and I would say like, you can, it's certainly be careful. Like I think people, like if it's not done well, it doesn't look real. And then like people kind of get it and they say, okay, it's an email. But if you do it right, like there's, I've had emails that people just, they genuinely thought whatever I was like kind of doing on the email, like the, whatever the personalization, they thought it was true. Like if you just do it right, make it look legit enough, like put some mistakes in there, lowercase letters, like when you're spelling out stuff, like if you do it right, you can really make it look real. And when it's real, that's when like, that's when it just converts so high because people just thought you did, you did a lot of work, you know? <laughs> of course. Of course. I mean, that's, that's amazing. So have you seen numbers jump from when you implemented that process? Yeah, no, we, I mean, I ran one, like, I would say I ran a base as a comparison, right? I ran a basic campaign, like end of last year with, with a VA where we did like pretty much just generic outbound, like personal line, here's my pitch. He just did that, right? Because I was like, I'm curious, right? I got him, let's do an experiment. And I think he went through like 700 leads or something like that. And we probably booked at 0.8 to like 1.25%, maybe around there. So it was like, you're getting demos, but it's not like what I, I'm used, I like three to five kind of plus kind of conversion. So, and I was doing that, that route. And usually again, like with our, I have actually a thing on my website that shows it kind of our email sequences we've done that with, but usually it's anywhere from like three to 6% and it's automated. So that's the cool thing is like, I take my time with the copy maybe up front, but once I launch it, as long as I'm, you know, getting delivered to the inbox and everything's running properly, we're booking at three to 6%. So that's a wow. pretty high rate considering it's like automated, you know, usually that's like what you get for like a personal, like a manual kind of outreach. You get like maybe like five to 10%. So yeah, that, that usually it's it's three to six, I'd say. That's amazing. Talk to me about outbound engineering. I know you're really good at this, and it's kind of your thing. You know, how does outbound engineering help design a process and help in converting? Yeah, no, I so I, I come from a, an engineering background, and I I was basically I had a 
make these systems to make medical device, you know, like, like syringes, stuff like that. And the reason why we were making, you know, the customers want them because they're, it's, it like takes so much time and energy for a human to make this thing, you know, repetitively over and over again. So if a machine can do it, you can systemize it, you can make more, make it more efficient. And it's the same thing with Outbound. Like I just found that it, I was doing it manually. If I was doing manual cold emailing, it wasn't efficient. I had no way to track it. I couldn't bring in someone like a VA to just start doing it. Like I, there's no SOPs, right? I'm like, what, what do I do? So Outbound Engineering, I would say it's systemizing and automating literally everything you possibly can with Outbound because Outbound is already really cheap. Like it's, it's cheap to get leads. It's very fast. Like it's very direct, which is why it works so well. The only time it really gets expensive is if you have a sales rep who you're like, you know, maybe you're paying hourly or something like that. And then you need a higher ticket offering. So you can make that cheaper if you automate everything. So like, for example, not only do we have cold emails and LinkedIn's and, and all that stuff running, but we actually have a video ask. We use video ask. It's a software, um, which actually we use to basically automate the booking as well. So let's say like I, I send an automated message. Hey, John, blah, blah, blah. Here's my pitch. You know, I made this video for you. He clicks on the video. This video it goes through some, you know, has some stuff, has some questions. But basically at the end, if it's done right, I have a call to action saying book a demo. And we've actually seen a two to 4% booking rate on that. So basically they book the call wow. for themselves. And now it's almost like an ad you would do, right? When you like run, you, when you have a paid ad, you here's my ad, people book through it. Like it's almost like that, but I'm doing it for like extremely cheap because it's just, a, you know, it's an outbound sequence. So that was one of those things like no one, t- like when I was doing outbound, even as an agency, everyone was like happy just to automate it, right? But then go back and forth. Hey, how does Tuesday work? Or here's my Calendly. And then they don't book, you know? And I was like, why do we have to do that manually? You know, why not just automate the whole freaking thing? <laughs> so then um, that's, I think that's really it though. Just having that mentality, like what can I automate? What can I systemize? And what can I make a process? So I can just, you know, dump other people in for my company, you know, to manage it. I love it. And uh, I, I mean, the term outbound engineering is phenomenal. It makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you're probably working with several software engineers on this. So it's uh, like you said, technical yeah. founders, it's helping them. That's who I work with as well. But what you talk about process and process that I found from the sales side or, or closing side uh, is so critical. So mm. can you explain a bit about how important a process is like that? I, you, you said you went from an evolution. You talked mm. about how at the beginning you didn't really have anything. You didn't have it all. What types of results have you seen for those of your clients, the people you're working with once they go from that stage of, and now that you're looking at it, more from the side angle, not looking at yourself, but watching them go from no process, kind of flailing and treading water barely to now you've got an amazing process. They've got Alpine engineering. They know exactly what's going to happen. Can you talk about the evolution of their results as well as maybe their confidence in what's going to happen? Yeah, no, I would say um, it come, it's clarity. So I have two like kind of, I would say routes of people that work with me. One is it's a B2B SaaS founder who like knows what's going on. He's got customers, let's say, and he wants to make outbound systematic. So he'll come in, we'll put the, using my, everything, my program, you systemize it, you make it all great. You follow the process, multi-channel outreach. And usually it's within a month, they'll make the return, you know, based on their, let's say if they're high ticket SaaS, it's it's a layup, right? So they make the return very quickly because all they need to do is just kind of focus it, you know, and put their energy in one, one point. The other thing is I'll have SaaS founders who think they've got everything taken care of and they'll, they'll say, they'll even say like, let's do, let's do the processes and automation. And I even, I say, hold on, hold on one second. We got to make sure this is good first. And they'll, they'll run, they'll try to run the automation and it doesn't work that well. And the reason it didn't work is because the foundations weren't there. So then what happens is we go back, we make sure the message is good. They get some early success with the validation and then they do the processes and then the same thing happens. So 
again, whether you're really there or you're like one below, like no matter what, we just want to get clarity on where you are so we can get you to the point where once you have processes in, it's, you know, the game's over basically. You're just, it's just about optimizing and analyzing all the data. But that's, again, that's really the hard part. It's, it's right before the processes. Processes are easy to be honest. It's like, you know, just make, make everything, you know, systemized guys. Come on, <laughs> take all the good stuff and make and put it on the paper. I mean, that's the beautiful thing. So you and I kind of have, have come to understand in our sector of the business where processes help, how to make those processes work, what processes, what frameworks, what formulas. Uh, and, and it's it's for me, it's amazing when somebody starts to work with me and they came from, I have no idea what I'm doing to, holy cow, this is amazing. It's working great. And now I have a ton of confidence. And just seeing that change on my side is great. We obviously work really well together. We have actually, for everybody out there, a lot of clients who have used both of us because Joe gets you a ton of leads and then I show you how to close all those deals. So it, yes. it really works <laughs> very, it's kind of a nice deal. Um, but it's, it's, it, for me, I just get so much passion out of watching a founder go through that change and they, they are struggling and frustrated and hurting to, oh man, now they have leads coming in. Joe showed them the right process, the right framework to be able to engineer their outbound. And then boom, now they're getting leads and now they work with me and they close. And it's like, holy yeah. cow, our, our lead generation rate went up and our close rate went up. And that's like a a double whammy there because now you're getting incredible returns. Like you said, a, a one month ROI is insane. Uh, but now people are seeing just jumps in their business. And for me, it's so much fun. I'm sure you, you have the same result. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, it's just like, again, it was so if, if they didn't go with like, let's say your program and my program, I'd say they would have just done that for three or six months and try to figure out themselves. And, and maybe they would have got there, but they just would have wasted so much hours just trying to do it when like all like if you just download it you know like right now here you go it's already worked for like 100 200 people whatever it is like all you gotta do is just follow it and it's like even if they do it like you know bad like half they half follow the process they'll probably still do better than like doing it themselves and trying to figure it out and it's it's i love that one again we, we had a recent um we had a client uh new and he was an seo agency and again he, he he did outbound he knew a lot about it to be honest just he had a drought though like no no new clients for two months and he came in and in two weeks he closed, I think it was like, he closed like 7K last week and he landed a 5K retainer. And that was, it was strictly from, from an outbound sequence. And it was like, it was really profitable. And again, we just used the frameworks I had for him and, and the sales process frameworks we had. And it worked like a charm. And he said, even his, even his, um, what's it called? The demos themselves were much warmer because of his messaging and the, and the outbound they actually like, you know, it was kind of like, oh yeah, it was a really good email, man. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about this SEO thing. So uh, it's just, Beautiful. it's funny how it, it, it really goes down the whole sales process. I love it. I love it. So what are some of the best strategies that software leaders can implement quickly for their outbound process? What should they be doing? Yeah, um, I'll give one like kind of more practical technical one than one like high level one. I think will last longer too. The technical one I would say is look at what's like, what can I do fast? And then what can I do to like, to be more direct with my pitch, right? For outbound. So like right now, I in my opinion, it's that's in-mail or it's cold email. So cold email is nice because you can just like, let's say you get your offer together, you can test, you can all do all this stuff and then you can find what works very quickly and you control that, right? If LinkedIn blows up tomorrow, you can email them. Problem with email, you got deliverability, right? So then that's why in-mail, also a good option. No deliverability <laughs> issues, really. You can do open in-mail campaigns and just do the same thing. And you can be really direct with your messaging and it kind of acts as an email. And that's that's a great way to just like get demos if, you, if done right. Um, so I would say that's practical advice. On a high level, I would also say as you do well, as you get some demos and, and you know, you're getting kind of a hold of your outbound, 
definitely go multi-channel because I think a lot of us, you know, agencies out there too, LinkedIn had the new 100 request limit where now, you know, connector campaigns, if that was a big part of your lead gen, it's really constricted now on a weekly basis. And you can try all these tactics to get around it. But at the end of the day, we, it, it made us think if LinkedIn blew up, I mean, am I going to be okay? Right. So really make sure you do multi-channel and have that diversification. So for us, like we do LinkedIn, we do email, and we also do Facebook. So the cool thing is if one blows up, we've got the other one. Um, and, and we also build our email list as well. So really just trying to diversify and not, not like to do it, not for the sake of it. Don't, don't confuse it. You know, focus on one channel first, but really make it a priority. Like, hey, if I have some time here or some resource, can, I, can we start to do this on this channel now or can I do it in this way? That way we've always got like a backup and you know, a good sum of leads for other sources. I completely agree. I see so many times where a software founder comes to me and says, hey, here's what's happening. Here's what's going on. I say, well, what are your lead generation? What are your marketing channels? And they list one thing, maybe two things. And I said, hey, guess what? It's nice to have that one thing and that's feeding you some good leads. But what happens when that fails? You're done. Yeah. Why not get four, five, six, and you've got all these things. And if one fails, you're good to go. And We've seen it over and over where something's working great, working great, and then it dies, just like you mentioned with your client. We've seen that happen with Facebook ads, where Facebook ads are going great, 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 and then they die. Mm -hmm. iOS. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Apple comes in and changes every, changes the game on app, on uh, Facebook. So it's critical to be able to have those, those multi-channels. I like what you're saying about focus. Make sure you get one right first, but yeah. then make sure you're immediately following that with getting other channels rolling. Yeah, because if you didn't get it right first, you're already at zero, right? There's no, it's, you know, you don't have nothing to lose, right? So just focus on one because it's going to blow up tomorrow anyway. But once you got that good, yeah, then then try to start going. I love it. I love it. Well, this has been great, Joe. I I, I think the information you shared is super practical. It's super, you know, amazing. Your formulas and processes have helped so many different software founders. I've seen it with my clients. Well, thank I've you. Seen it with myself. So, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's great speaking to you. For sure. So again, this was Joe Petruzzi from Wayland Consulting. Joe, what are the best ways for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, they can go to my website. So it's waylandconsultinggroup.com. W-A-Y-L-A-N. Everyone puts a D on for some reason, but <laughs> Wayland Consulting Group. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes as well for everybody listening on the podcast. It'll also be down below if you're on the YouTube. So you'll have access to that. But Joe, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Good talking to you, Matt. Likewise. And for everybody else, thank you for coming. Please subscribe to the show. And if you like it, please give us a like and a rating that really helps us so we can give you more content, bring you better creators and innovators and awesome leaders like Joe coming to you every single week. So thank you very much for coming. Take care.